0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: This week on the Chicago Bears Review. Our beloved got 2017 underway with a visit from the defending NFC champion Falcons. And we're trying to get the year started off right with an upset over the champs in front of a home crowd at Soldier Field. Did the Bears shock the world? And what is the outlook from here? All of this plus Bear Up and Bear Down on the Week 1 Review episode of The Chicago Bears Review! You know how the old saying goes, close only counts when horseshoes and hand grenades or something like that. I used to, say, used to hear Mean Gene Oakland back in the day talk about it or uh, Gorilla Monsoon back when I was a kid watching wrestling in the, in the 80s and early 90s. What's going on everybody? Larity back to week one review episode of the Chicago Bears Review and as I'm sure you all know by now, unfortunately this is not a victory Monday episode like we were hoping that it would be that um, we had a real chance of making possible yesterday in the Bears 23 to 17 loss to the NFC champion Atlanta Falcons and you know it was it was encouraging is, is what it was it was a it was an awesome game it was fun to be in the thick of it you know it was exciting uh, to watch uh, to see the Bears compete especially on defense to to basically for the most part bottle up that that super potent atlanta offense you know the run game the run was outstanding the run defense for the bears only allowed 68 yards against the so-called best duo the best running back duo in football uh yesterday i mean just an outstanding uh effort uh in the run defense the pass defense that's where the that's where there needs to be some kind of uh improvement going into week number two, uh, against the, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers because, um, you know, it was, uh, 320 something yards, I think for Matt Ryan, uh, yesterday end up being the, uh, the damage uh, against the secondary, but here's the thing about it. (laughs) That, that total was only two big plays away from only being about 190 yards passing for, uh, for, for Matt Ryan, because he threw 130 yards of the, of that total to one guy. And, and, and even more so, one play in the at the start of the fourth quarter is basically what sunk the Bears yesterday. And, and we'll talk more about that when we get to it. We got knee-jerk reactions, the very first ones uh, of 2017, because we don't do that during the preseason. So we got knee-jerk reactions from yesterday, hear how I was in the moment between quarters and right after, uh, the game. And, um, you know, we'll trail right along, but before we get to that, um, you know, the, the, the big news coming out of the game yesterday, um, Kevin White, uh, you know, as a bear fan, I've had over 24 hours to process this, you know, as, uh, as a fan, you can't help but be upset. You know, you can't help but be pissed off because this kid can't keep himself on the field. Um, but you can't be pissed at him. You know, it, it's just bad luck, is all it is. Um, you know, it's it, it's it's unfortunate, and you know, it, it, it's as as a fan, like I said, as a fan, I'm pissed off. You know, not necessarily at him, but just pissed in general uh for him uh and as a person i'm just sick to my stomach for the guy um you know we we just uh you know how how much bad fortune can one guy have trying to live his dream you know it's like he's there he made it he's in the nfl he was a top 10 draft choice you know the arrows pointing up and there's there's nothing but his whole life uh in front of him and yet you know that's the probably the most frustrating part. I was just talking to my dad about this on the phone. Is that even still, you know, it, they, 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 they announced today that it's a broken scapula. Everyone thought it was a busted collarbone. It's a broken scapula, his shoulder blade, basically. And uh, it may require surgery. It might not. But he's on injured reserve. Boom. On injured reserve. Now, whether or not that's short-term injured reserve and he's got a chance to come back in eight weeks or whatever... Um, they haven't decided yet if it's going to require surgery, but we can't rule it out. And, you know, if he's done, then what are the possibilities that he comes back next year? You know, and at and, and the same time, what would it hurt to bring him back? Unless the offensive, excuse me, unless the wide receiving core goes through a massive overhaul, he's coming back next year. Him and Cameron Meredith and whoever the Bears add via free agency or the draft. Um, Kevin White is most likely to come back because he's still in his rookie contract, so he'll be a rather cheap option. Uh, number two, they're definitely not going to be picking up that fifth-year option because that also comes with a big raise. And, you know, I think that next year uh, he'll have to earn his way onto the team next season. So, I mean, there's no guarantee that he'll actually make the team. I just think that it's a virtual lock that he's going to go that he'll be back and that he'll go to training camp. Unless maybe the Bears want to cut their losses and trade him to somebody else who wants to give him a chance. Maybe maybe a, of, a change of scenery will change his luck. Who knows? You know, Maybe this thing was just never meant to happen for him in Chicago, if not in the NFL period. Um, but one thing that I did want to mention, uh, and it pissed me off pretty bad yesterday, was I saw a video on Facebook of... Um, so-called fans uh, burning Kevin White's jersey, and um, that's not funny. It, it really, it just isn't. You know, I, I put you two idiots in the same category as I did anyone who thought it was a good idea to burn Jay Cutler's jersey after the NFC Championship game back in 2010. You know, real fans don't do that. It was not funny. It was a low class move. It's it's it was you know inappropriate and it's just it's it made me sick to sit there and watch that you know the smile on his face while he was lighting it up with his little torch uh, and all that kind of stuff. You You guys should be ashamed of yourselves. Honestly, you should be ashamed. I hope you listen to this. You should be ashamed. That is not funny and that is not what real fans do. You do not kick one of your guys while he's down. You know, nobody in the world feels worse about what happened yesterday than Kevin White. He's he had to be inconsolable yesterday. okay? and it's just it was just not cool, not cool at all. So it just uh, it made me me sick to see that video. And uh, I hope they take it down. You know, I hope they have taken it down uh, because it was a punk ass thing to do. I believe that 100 percent, you know, it's fine to be upset. You know, voice your opinion, you know, Twitter, social media, Facebook, whatever you got. Don't do that. That's just disgusting is what it is. That should have never, ever happened. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Both of you. Both of you. So I'm going to leave their names out of it, but they should both be ashamed. They should absolutely be ashamed of that. So, you know, it's just just made me sick to watch it. It's uh, just, (laughs) I was so pissed off after I saw that. It's just like, I just, it's like, what's the point of that? You know, how is that funny? It's not funny. None of it is funny. So, I mean, you sit there, you shake your head, you know, and it's, I mean, it's, you know, maybe you laugh just to keep from from being upset, you know, or, or lashing out or showing the true anger, just the frustration of having this kid, a number seven overall pick, And in three years, he's basically played four and three quarters of a football game uh, for us, you know. And and the frustration of not knowing, even now, we still have no idea what we have in Kevin White. He hasn't been on the field long enough to prove himself. You know, the very little that we have seen, uh, you know, we saw nothing in 2015. We saw basically three and a half games last year because he got hurt just before halftime in the fourth game against Detroit, and he was having a good game against Detroit. You may be thinking, okay, he's finally getting his feet underneath him. We'll see what's going on. Boom, broken fibula done for the season. And then this year, two catches for six yards, one of them for zero uh, yards yesterday, and that was the one where you know he had a, a defender fall on him awkwardly, and the next thing you know, he's he's on the shelf again you know it's justified to be frustrated to be angry and 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 whatnot because he was supposed to be special we spent a high draft choice on him and it's been a waste to this point it has been so but to burn the jersey it's just a low class move and uh you know i don't agree with it at all you voiced your opinion this is me voicing mine you should be ashamed of yourselves doing something that stupid absolutely disgusting anyway despite all that mess we actually had a good day yesterday uh despite the uh despite the loss uh the bears looked pretty damn good um the offense is still a sense uh, uh a source of concern especially now considering our wide receiver uh situation but um you know Tariq Cohen was a beast yesterday Jordan Howard was doing his thing and and Mike Glennon didn't lose us the game yesterday Um, I know some people would probably argue that and uh, I'll play devil's advocate here uh, in a little bit but um, let's go ahead and dive into this now so things kick off we're in the first quarter and there's honestly and you'll hear the you know I don't want to call it uh, confusion if you will, but you'll hear it in my voice. There's something just like okay, the first quarter happened, but not really a whole lot did happen uh, in the first quarter uh, with the knee-jerk reaction. We're looking at a three-nothing game after one quarter, but not a whole lot went happen. Not a whole lot happened the The Bears defense uh, did the bend but don't break thing and gave up a field goal. You know, holding firm, not letting Atlanta score, and the offense was still kind of looking for its uh, for its footing. Um, you know, the fireworks happened in the second quarter, but we had to get through the first quarter first. New jerk reaction in the first quarter. The Bears and the Falcons didn't actually end on the best note with a sack uh, on Mike Glenn in there. Had the chance to run out out of the pocket. Decided uh, and waited too long, basically, and got himself sacked by Vic Beasley, but... For the most part, it's 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 not a bad start. Um, we we bent a little too much on that first drive, but uh, held firm while the Falcons were in field goal range to hold them to to a three nothing lead thus far. Uh, buck, really buckled down on the on the next drive on defense, and then our offense um, is doing better with their second drive, where I think we maybe be a first down away from being within field goal range uh, at this point. But we're moving the football. Uh, Mike Glennon, aside from one ball that he launched over Zach Miller's head by about four feet um, has looked pretty good so far. Some nice throws that he's made and, uh, and what have you. So not really a whole much to talk about in the first quarter. We're down three to nothing. Uh, looks like we're trying to get ourselves in field goal range to maybe tie this thing up. But, uh, you know, right now it doesn't look like three and 13 versus the defending NFC champ. It looks like two teams, you know, battling it out right now. So we'll see how it goes when the second half, or excuse me, when the second half, quarter I was gonna say second half again. When the second quarter begins, the Bears down by a field goal. Right there is what it sounds like when my, uh, when my when my mouth can't quite catch up to my brain. I just keep, you know, spitting out like I just the second half, the second half. I mean the second quarter. Damn it! You know what I'm saying? Um, anyway, you know, you know, like I was saying, it was it wasn't all that exciting uh, of a first quarter. Um, it, it it you know the the point that I made there at the end. It didn't really look like a major, you know, separation between the two teams. The three and thirteen team versus the defending NFC champion. It really did look like, for the most part, evenly matched teams out there. Because with all the the bluster and and, and uh, you know uh, you know pomp and circumstance that the that the offense of the Falcons was supposed to have, uh, they after that first drive when you know they hit a wall, ended up having to settle for a field goal. They struggled. For a, for a lot of the football game, uh, Keem Hicks with some sacks, and you know, like I said, 68 yards rushing from the quote unquote best running back duo, uh, in football yesterday. So, I mean, Vontae or Devontae Freeman was supposed to, you know, be a stud. He was supposed to be somebody the Bears had to worry about, and he was a virtual non factor, uh, in this football game. So, I mean, it was, uh, it was an, an impressive showing, uh, from the defense. And we'll talk about that fourth quarter in a second, but, um, you know the fourth the, the second quarter you know gets underway and that is where the fireworks happen uh to start the second quarter uh apparently um you know Connor Barth must have been showing some things in 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 practice or or, or what have you because like I said I thought we were at least the f- uh, first down away from being in field goal range because we were in you know I think like the 36 37 yard line but uh, apparently john fox was cool with it maybe we had the wind at our back or whatever the case may have been uh but the first basically the first or second play of the second quarter was a 54 yard field goal uh from connor barth and i was not the only one who was surprised number a that the bears attempted it but b that the guy freaking made it he made it with room to spare it was a beautiful kick so uh start off second quarter boom right away it's three three and then the fun really began between the Bears and the Falcons just before halftime. Major reaction to the second quarter, the Bears and the Falcons, and we got ourselves our ball game on our hands here. Um, after what, what ended up being the worst defensive drive that we've had so far, uh, the Bears had, uh, you know, we look like a 3-13 and team as, as far as defense by the, the fact that we had opportunities to get ourselves off of the field but kept giving the Falcons uh, chances chances and getting first downs and then hula jones a big 25 yard gain on like third and 11 and things like that the falcons are able to get themselves in the end zone to put it up uh 10 to three uh, with about four and a half minutes to go and i'm sitting here with my buddy and i'm telling him i was like if we're going to have any kind of success in this game we can't the, the offense has to answer in some way even if it's just with a field goal these last four and a half minutes the offense for the falcons cannot touch the field again And sure enough, the offense answers, but not in the way that you would expect as far as, you know, with four and a half minutes to go at the half, we got there running the ball. I mean, I don't even remember throwing a pass on that drive. The big key play of that drive was uh, Tariq Cohen, who has been a – Ping pong ball out there on the field today, taking crazy hits left and right uh, on the field, an insane like like you know misdirection or you know change direction run of of almost fifty, I think forty seven yards is what it ended up being at the end. Uh, We get the ball down and 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 the deciding play, the touchdown play, was a a wildcat play where Tariq Cohen takes the direct snap, hands it off to. Jordan Howard, who runs it in from about five or six yards out to tie the game up with about nine seconds to go on the half. And, uh, you know, the Falcons just kneel it to, to close it down. It's 10-10. to 10. The Bears start with the football to kick off the second half. And, you know, how could you not be optimistic about how the rest of this can go? It's, it's going to be a testament of, uh, of will, basically. If the Bears can play the first, the second half the way they played the first, I love our chances to start the year 1-0. You hear how jacked I am when I'm doing that review? I mean, we just scored with about 9 or 10 seconds to go there uh in in the second quarter and, and and like I said, that 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 touchdown drive just before the half, not one pass at the very least not one pass completed. I'm not even sure there was one that was thrown uh to to be honest with you. Um, you know, that 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 run from Tariq Cohen was was everything that everyone said um, you know, like everyone's saying that uh that, that Tariq Cohen is supposed to be uh Ryan Pace's Darren Sproles And that run right there, that was Darren Sproles-esque. You know, to be able to to run and and not find the lane that he's looking for, turn around and be able to turn nothing into a whole lot of something, you know, 47 yard. Run And, you know, he was one one more tackle away from breaking that thing off completely and getting it uh, into the end zone. And then what I loved was the creativity uh, at the goal line with the Wildcat play. And what made that play so great is that it was an absolute pick-your-poison for the Falcons. It was a lose-lose situation across the board because with Cohen taking the direct snap, you have to respect either one of those either one of those guys is dangerous with the ball you know either Cohen hands it off to 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 Jordan Howard or he keeps it for himself everybody freezes until they see where the ball goes you know what i'm saying and by then it was too late Jordan Howard makes it into the end zone easily from about 5 or 6 yards out but the stadium exploded when Jordan crossed the uh cross the goal line we tie up the game at 10 you know we're neck and neck with the nfc champs and it is not a fluke it is not you know uh you know it wasn't a fluke the bears were in this thing like i said at the end of the the first quarter knee-jerk reaction it didn't look like that separation that people were expecting you know people were expecting a gargantuan blowout because the best team the best offense in football was coming to town against the defense that you know was was tough, but uh, wasn't good enough to stop what the Falcons are bringing to town. And here we were, giving the Falcons all they could handle, you know, absolutely all they could handle. And, um, you know, again, the third quarter was more like the first quarter. Not a lot of fireworks. You know, the Bears did not come out, you know, guns blazing uh, in, the, in the third quarter and, 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 you know, fully take advantage of the momentum they had going into the second half. And the score was the same, actually. Uh, you know, 3 to nothing in the third quarter in favor of the Falcons. And it was the fourth quarter where the fun began. But, like I said before, to get to the second quarter, we got to go through the first. Well, to get to the fourth we got to get through the third. Okay. Knee-jerk reaction to the third quarter, the Bears and the Falcons, and it's still a ball game. It's 13-10. to 10. Atlanta has the lead, so basically the same as the first quarter where we're, we're, we're bending but not breaking on defense. And on offense, we were not impressive at all. Atlanta seems to be keyed in on the fact that we're having all of our success running the football. Mike Glennon, I think, has – 50 yards passing uh, in the football game thus far, and you know, we're not really trying to challenge the secondary of the Falcons at all uh, in the passing game, and in the rare times that we've had that we've tried, uh, Glennon has gotten himself sacked a couple of times, so well, that's what we need to do in the fourth quarter. We need to, 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 to pass the ball a bit, if, if for no other reason than to get the defensive, uh, to get the defense of the Falcons off the line of scrimmage, so to make it easier for us to run, but um, You know, we haven't made any mistakes. No turnovers. Knock on wood that I didn't just screw us on that one. And, uh, you know, we have the football. We're finally moving the football. We did not move the ball at all uh, in the third quarter. So, hopefully, we're loosening things up. We keep the defense off the field because Atlanta's had, like, th- on all three of their scoring drives were, like, double-digit plays on all the drives. Get the defense off the field. Give them a break. Make the offense do something to at least maybe get us a tie. It's 13-10 to going into the fourth quarter. We'll see if we can make it happen. And that was something key that I did want to talk about was, you know, I mentioned it before was the the passing game in the first three quarters of the football game was virtually non-existent. You know, I said Glennon had about 50 yards passing going into the fourth quarter. I think I may have been generous uh, with that number. And 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 with the the sacks that we had given up, his actual like net passing yards was like in the 20s. Uh, or something like that there was a play i think it was in the third quarter or the fourth quarter one of the two that we got a 15 yard unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on the falcons on the punt because one of their one of their gunners uh was forced out of bounds but like ran 50 yards down the side of the field out of bounds basically protecting himself uh from the bear defenders that's an unsportsmanlike conduct uh penalty 15 yards so you tack on 15 from the end of the run, and then like one or two plays in, I think it may have actually been on first down, we gave 12 of it back when Glennon got himself sacked. Um, You know, he was, uh, the one knock that I would have on Glennon in the game yesterday was his pocket awareness. Whenever there was any kind of serious pressure uh, applied on him, he looked like he was panicking back there. Um, like he didn't know what to do. He didn't know where to go as far as trying to find a, a soft spot in the pocket to step up into. And, and like I said, that was on the rare occasion that it wasn't a three-step dump off to, you know, Cohen or Miller or Deion Sims or, uh, Jordan Howard out of the backfield Tariq Cohen, you know, as amazing as he was yesterday, you're running back you know, out of the backfield should not be your leading target. He had 12 targets and had eight catches uh, yesterday uh, in the football game. I mean, you know, Josh Bellamy, uh, you know, even Kevin White, I think only had like three targets or something like that with his two catches yesterday before he left the football game. Um, You know, basically, if it wasn't some sort of dump off or something, you know, short, five, six, seven yard dump off passes, we weren't trying it. You know, or at least not in the first three quarters uh, of the game. We just weren't trying to, you know, chant. Like I said, we weren't challenging the secondary of the Falcons at all uh, yesterday. Now I don't know if that was out of fear, uh, or if we were just taking the underneath routes because uh, you know the Falcons were keeping everything in front of them uh, yesterday. I don't know if that's just something that we learned in in film studies or, or, or whatever. But it, to me, it looked like more of the same from the preseason, and that's what was frustrating to watch. We're, either, we're running the football and then we're taking all the underneath stuff. We're not challenging uh, trying to go vertical at all. I mean, not that we really have the horses for that, but you know, we weren't even trying to do any like deep digs with our tight ends or, or anything like that. I mean, what the hell did we draft a six foot seven tight end for if we weren't going to try to use him and his catch radius down the middle of the field? I, I, the only time I ever saw Shaheen on the field yesterday, he was blocking. So, you know, that seems like a misuse of what that guy is supposed to be. So, I mean, I know he's a rookie and, and, and all that kind of stuff, but if he's on the roster and he's active, you know, why not use him for what he is? And we're not doing that yet, yet, knock on wood yet. But, um, you know, uh, as frustrating as the third quarter was the end of it, We were starting to see the Bears warm up, same as like we were getting warmed up at the end of the first quarter, led to the first scoring drive with the field goal at the start of the second. We go in down by a field goal, and then there was a moment where the wheels kind of fall off for a moment, and you thought it was over, but the Bears fought back, and we're, we're basically, spoiler alert, we're about to tell you what happened at the end of the game if you didn't know, and we'll talk about it just afterward, but a lot happened. In that fourth quarter, one of the most exciting quarters of football I've seen in a while, and it ended with the Bears almost taking it from the Falcons. A knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Falcons, and it literally came down to the last play of the game. Um, tremendous fight from the Bears um, to, 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 to do that, especially considering that at, at when it was 13 to 10 early in the fourth quarter, there was some fluke, insane play that the Falcons made—a huge, like 80-plus-yard touchdown reception from Austin Hooper, where. It's just like, you know the Bears were bearing down on Matt Ryan. He heaves one up, and of course the guy's standing there all by himself, the busted coverage, no one was around, and he manages to to make his way into the end zone uh, to score. At, it was 20 to 10 at that point, and it just kind of looked like it was all over at that point. Like the it, the all the, the the emotion had been sucked out of the stadium and everything, and the Bears were able to bounce back, put one on the board, and you know to 23-17 it ended up being the final score. The final drive. Was with about two and a half minutes, three minutes to go in the, in the fourth quarter. We get it all the way down inside the 10-yard line and four shots from inside. We had a couple of drops and the sack on fourth down from Brooks Reed, who my buddy and I have been saying, this guy's been jumping the snap count all day long, and he never got called for it. Well, he did it again on that one play, and it ended up being the sack that ends the game. Uh, the Bears come up short against the Falcons, um hopefully this wasn't just a week 1 jam of, of a performance that this is something we can look forward to from the bears uh going forward. So it's an it's an one start for the bears but how can you not be optimistic after a performance like that going through the rest of the season. So we'll uh we'll get ready for for Tampa Bay and see if we can uh see if we can reverse our fortune on the road next week. <laughs> So will this uh this stellar week 1 performance will it be a fluke? You know, when we look back on this season be like, "Yeah, boy, what could have been if that team had showed up from week 2 and beyond?" Or is this say a you know, this is a question we've been asking ourselves since the um since the game against the Titans, you know, is this a window into what we can look forward to in 2017 or did we just get lucky? You know, were we just prepared? for the Falcons or, you know, because we've had an entire off season to prepare for Atlanta, were we just more prepared because we had more time for them. And then we you know when we have a regular amount of time to prepare for our other opponents, uh, you know, everything comes crashing down to reality. So I don't mean to sound like a pessimist, but, you know, I've talked before, even if we had won, I'd be saying the same thing, you know, basically, did we shoot our wad against the Falcons? Or are we really going to be this team this year? I mean, it, granted, with our with our history over the last few years, it's a valid question. It really is. But let's dig into this fourth quarter. Um, that play to Austin Hooper, it really did just kind of suck the air right out of the stadium. I mean, you could just feel like everything was just like, oh, we were so close, you know, especially with the entire situation. The Falcons were were down inside their own twenty-yard line. It, it ended up being an eighty-eight-yard touchdown pass, is what it was. So they're at their own twelve-yard line, and just before, like a second and a half before um, Ryan throws the football, he kind of does this thing where he looks like he's given up. Like he, like the 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 Bears, the, the pass rush is bearing down on him. No pun intended. And it looks like he just kind of stepped, and you see him almost like kind of squat for a second. And then at the very last moment, he he springs up, takes a step forward, boom, heaves it down the field. Like it was at that moment that he saw how wide open Hooper was, just heaves it down there. There's nobody around for miles. Uh, Quentin Demps was able to try to track him down, but, you know, it was like trying to tackle a tank, and he got the stiff arm from hell that uh, shoved him into the ground and he you know Hooper just you know ran it in uh from there but that was the play basically that won the game uh, for Atlanta that one fluke busted coverage play that uh that won the game cuz that ended up being the difference you know 23 to 17 without that uh without that that, that play if we sack uh Matt Ryan we're in Excellent. I mean, uh, uh you know, out, outside of, you know, some miraculous booming punt, uh, from the Falcons, we are in excellent field position. We have all the momentum, you know, and, and on our way, you know, marching down the field, uh, in the fourth quarter, but, um, you know, all the credit in the world to the, to the, to the bears, man, that after that moment, we're down two scores. It looks like the NFC champs have finally taken hold and control, of this game, they dug themselves out of this huge hole, and you know the 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 big play. They they they've got a two score lead now, and the momentum's all with them. And instead, the Bears answer. You know, Michael Lennon takes over. We start throwing the football a bit more. Um, you know, we get ourselves down the field. Still dinking and Duncan, which I was not a fan of, but you know, we did have some bigger plays. Deontay Thompson or more, mostly Josh Bellamy. Uh, forced into duty because of the injury to Kevin White but uh, you know uh, we move ourselves down the field and uh, Tariq Cohen scores his first ever NFL touchdown uh, pass from Glennon out of the backfield and I really love the way that Cohen finished the play he he catches the ball and and you see him uh, for a split second he looks like he's going to juke and then he just He's like, you know what? To hell with it. He lowers his head, runs smack into the DB, and his momentum, basically the DB tosses him, you know, like over his head into the end zone uh, for the touchdown. And it's, you know, 20 20 to 17 after that. And it's like, all right, we got a ball game again. It's like, we're not giving up. We're not giving up in this one, you know. And um, the Falcons were able to add that field goal to put up 23 to 17 um, with about two and a half, three minutes to go. Then, uh, you know, the drive and, and Glennon getting the ball uh, down the field. And here's the thing about that, that last, the, the last four plays uh, of the game. Um, first down, Josh Bellamy um, comes out of his break. Uh, he was open. He was open. Uh, Glennon throws it to a spot just too far out of reach uh, for Bellamy. He gets his hands on it, but he can't come down with it here's the thing and it kind of shows why Bellamy is a fringe receiver spe- you know slash lifetime special teams guy. if you go back and look at it if you have a chance to see the actual like isolation cam uh, on Josh Bellamy when he gets into the end zone just before he gets into his break for whatever reason, you know, maybe it's because he felt like he needed the separation, he engages with the DB before he goes into his break. The only problem is the second that he starts to engage with the DB, that's when Glennon threw the ball. If if Bellamy just makes his cut and you know, makes his 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 uh his cut and, and makes his break and cuts to the outside without touching the DB, I believe Bellamy is there, you know, that engaging and and touching to, to, you know, the small push off or whatever you want to call it with the DB cost Bellamy, those precious extra steps that would have allowed him to be in the spot where Glennon was throwing the ball because it wasn't a bad throw from Glennon. And in the end, Bellamy was almost there. If he hadn't engaged with the DB in the end zone there, he's able to to save those those extra steps and be where he needs to be, you know, to be in the spot where Glennon was throwing the football. Then that's that's ball game right there. You know, we win the game and and that's all there is to it. Second down, Jordan Howard. Um I don't want to say he heard footsteps as far as like fear is concerned, but he definitely knew somebody was coming and he takes his eye off the ball, I think so he could figure out what he was going to do with it. You know, whether he was just going to try to reach for the pylon or try to step back to the inside to make the guy miss, whatever it was, excuse me, he took his eyes off the football, doesn't make the catch, and then gets, if he did make the catch, basically he would have been knocked out inside the one yard line. And, um, you know, uh, I've had some of you guys ask me on Twitter um, if I thought the Bears should have run the football. And my answer is yes, but. It's like, yeah, I think we should have run the ball or I I would have loved to see us run the ball, especially with the success we had uh, with it uh, throughout the football game. But we had no timeouts, so we couldn't risk it. Uh, We couldn't risk not making it into the end zone, getting everybody reset and all. It's like we had less than 20 seconds when we got down to that point uh, in the field. You know, so you've seen how long it can take for referees to get the ball, get everybody set. Everyone's at the line of scrimmage. Okay, everyone's set. Okay, go ahead and snap the ball. The whole time the clock is running and how much time would have been left if, uh, you know, not to mention the time that would have been taken off just running the play uh, itself. It's not something that the Bears could have re- We had to throw on every down, you know, we had to, th- and we had to go for the end zone every single time because, uh, you know, we get caught, and the same thing could happen. If you get caught short of the goal line, then, you know, it's a race to the line to try to get the ball snapped so at the very least you can spike it to give yourself another chance, and you wasted down doing that uh, on top of it all. So it's just, um, you know, I would have loved to see us run the ball. I I actually kind of wish we would have tried on fourth down uh, to run the ball instead of, uh, you know, instead of what happened. But, um, you know, fourth down, that guy jumps the snap, or either – He either jumped the count or he had Glennon's uh, cadence uh, clocked because he got off the ball that Bobby May blew right past uh, Bobby Massey, the right tackle, and, um, you know, again, not the great, not very good pocket awareness from uh, Glennon, not sensing that the rush was coming because if he steps up, there's room in the pocket for him to try to find somebody. Instead, he tries to scramble away, and Brooks Reed uh, runs him down, and that's a ballgame. So, you know, like I said, I'm not upset with with Bellamy. I don't blame him, and especially not the way that I did when he blew that game against the Titans uh, last year. But it just kind of showed, like this is why, in my opinion, this is why he's number four or five uh, on the depth chart, rather than just making a making a clean break and not engaging with the DB. Because I think he did it because he felt like he needed this the extra separation, you know, to at the very least to to bump into him to stop his momentum but he ended up costing himself the precious steps that he needed to be where the football was, you know, or be where the football was going. I think he would have made the catch easily or got enough of the football into his hands in order to come down with it, uh, in the end zone. But because he engaged that DB, he cost himself that's that's precious split second that he would have needed, uh, to make the catch. So, you know, um, third down was, was the Zach Miller. I think that, um, that um, Glennon threw the ball too soon, you know. He he, I think he threw the ball too soon on that one. Like the, I don't even think Zach Miller had turned around yet, and the ball was already coming, and you know it was incomplete there. So first down was the Bellamy toss. Second down was uh, the Jordan Howard incompletion. Third down was basically hitting Zach Miller in the back of the head with the ball, and then fourth down was the sack, and that was all she wrote there. But man, what an exciting few minutes that was you know to know that we're not out of this thing to know we could win the damn thing you know we can win this thing and just wouldn't that be the greatest thing just you know what a kick-ass way to start the year to take down the nfc champs at home uh in front of the home crowd it would have been amazing absolutely amazing so let me see uh let me check my notes here real quick see if i've missed anything um yeah i don't want to call this a moral victory um I know that people didn't expect us to win. I honestly didn't think that we would win the football game. I thought we would be competitive, and we were. You know, did I know it was? Did I think it was going to be that? Like, come down to the wire. I hoped it would, but I couldn't honestly. You know, rewind me back to Thursday night when I recorded the show. If you'd have asked me then what I thought the final score would have been. It would have been in the neighborhood, I think, you know, maybe uh, like a 27 to 17 final score kind of thing where the, you know, it was a two score win for the Falcons not to be, you know, (laughs) oh man, how exciting was that? Damn it. But, um, you know, so I don't want to call this a moral victory, but I do think that the game said a lot more about the Bears than it did about the Falcons you know, cause the Falcons were supposed to win. They showed the resiliency. They hang, they hung on, uh, you know, to, to win a game they were supposed to win, despite being on the road, they were expected to win that game and they just barely got out of there by the skin of their teeth. So, you know, the other thing I wanted to say was, uh, as much as I hate to admit it, you know, that that's been, people have been talking about it and, and hollering about it and so on and so forth. But, um, I have a hard time saying that. Um, at, at the very least, when when it comes to the pocket awareness, because from what I saw from him in the preseason, um, you know, Trubisky has fantastic pocket awareness on those plays. If you could swap out Glennon for Trubisky, we get a better outcome on those plays. As far as like from start to finish, I don't really have a complaint with Glennon. It's just in those. Those situations where he got himself sacked, it's just like when he felt it closing down in on him. It's 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 almost like he didn't know what to do, and I have a hard time, you know, saying that Trubisky couldn't have done better there. I believe he could have, you know. Glennon wasn't bad, but Trubisky's pocket awareness, I think, would have saved us at least two of those sacks, if not the very least, the last one uh, on fourth down. Um, I still don't think Trubisky should be starting yet. But, um, you know, it's like if, if I tried to get into an argument with somebody about that, I don't know how well I would be able to present a case where I would win for Glennon. But, um, uh, the receiving core, the receiving core that I was terrified of, uh, quote unquote before Sunday, uh, is now giving me night terrors. Uh, the bears absolutely have to do something. Uh, I think that, uh, this could open the door for Tanner Gentry, which would be fun to see. Um, but there's also veterans out there and we need a veteran experienced guy. Uh, Vince Jackson is still out there. Doriel green Beckham is out there. And even some guys that the bears have already gotten rid of Victor Cruz, Eddie Royal, uh, Marquise Wilson. Those guys are all out there. Uh, Royal and Wilson, they know the offense, so they could just step right in. Um, you know, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And God knows they have to be healthy. They aren't doing anything right now. Um, you know, there was some rumors about the Bears possibly trading for Alan Hearns, uh, the wide receiver for the Jaguars, but with Alan Robinson uh, getting hurt yesterday, that rumor is all but dead now. So, um, you know, it's it's either going to be some kind of trade from out of nowhere or the Bears going out and, and picking up a Vincent Jackson or bringing back a Victor Cruz or an Eddie Royal uh, or, or somewhere along those lines, some um, it's um, it's not a pretty list that we have to pick from, but we need to do something. You know, we we can't go through the season with Deontay time. We still haven't seen Marcus Wheaton yet. You know, he was inactive on Sunday because of that damn finger injury. So hopefully, it's something that he'll be ready to go with this Sunday because God knows we need him now. And this is a guy that was looking for an opportunity to get some more playing time and be more featured in an offense than you know, basically being buried under martavius bryant antonio brown and uh you know Le'Veon bell in pittsburgh now he has a chance to you know be a more featured part of an offense with the bears if he just get himself on the damn field you know appendicitis can't do anything about that first practice back you break a pinky finger and you have to have surgery on it you know we got to get you on the field dude we need you now we absolutely need you now so get yourself out there so and then um, the secret is out on Tariq Cohen, and that is a good and very bad thing uh, at the same time because of our passing game. Um, the secret is out on the fact that the Bears don't have much of a passing game. Um, you know, the, the the you know I don't know if it was out of uh, respect to the Falcons' defense or their secondary. Um, if, I don't know if it was respect for their pass rush because we wanted the ball to get out of their, out of Glennon's hands more quickly, but we did not challenge the Falcons at all throughout the entire football game for the most, there was one play one in the fourth quarter. And it was, man, it was a really, really good throw from Glennon. And it was, you know, one of those things where it was, it was, uh, it was luck more than anything that it didn't work out luck as far as the Falcons is concerned. It was, uh, I think, it was a linebacker or something that was guarding Tariq Cohen, who, for whatever reason, was the person that we decided to run a a crossing route, a deep crossing route across the field. There, started on the right side of the field and basically ran a post across the field, and basically the ball hits the guy in his thumb or something like that, just barely, barely. I mean, he's he's basically face guarding um, Tariq Cohen. And if the throw was still there, but it was jumbled, it bounces off his hands, hits Cohen in the face. They jumble it around. He doesn't come down with it. It would have been a touchdown, you know. If that guy's hand is two inches to the left, it gets right through, and I think Tariq Cohen catches it because he's actually looking at the ball, and this guy is just trying to impede uh, Cohen from catching the football and just manages to barely get a thumbnail into deflect the pass. But that was basically the one shot we took uh in the game um yesterday the rest of it was you know high percentage passes so um glennon's you know completion numbers were decent but other than that you know i would have a hard time seeing how other other than sheer sheer test of will uh that tariq Cohen has another game like that because who do you think the buccaneers are going to key on on sunday you know we're going to have to create opportunities for Tariq Cohen by spreading the ball around a little bit uh, on Sunday if we want Cohen to be a featured weapon like he was against the Falcons we're going to have to develop a few other weapons so that uh, you know we can get some opportunities for this kid cuz believe me after the performance that he had on Sunday no one's going to be no one's going to be one-on-one with Tariq Cohen that's that's not going to happen uh, anymore, like I said, the secret is out. It's a good and a very bad thing all at the same time. We need our passing game to step up to uh, so that we can keep using Tariq Cohen the way we want to. Um, and then um, you know, pass rush. We need a we need a better performance. We didn't sack. Uh, we, Akeem Hicks had two sacks. Everyone else was virtually non-existent uh, as far as the pass rush. No no other sacks. Those two sacks from Akeem Hicks was a beast, man. The guy got paid and he's still balling. I love it, but um, we need a better pass rush. The Falcons have an offensive line that is one of the best in football, but there needed to be much more pressure on Ryan than we produced, Um, you know. And um, I think I'm going to get off Josh Bellamy's back, to be honest with you. And here's why: Um, it's it's not the greatest comparison in the world, but when I think of Josh Bellamy, I think of Jamarcus Webb. Um, the offensive tackle who was terrible more often than he wasn't, but you got to give the guy credit when the bears are playing, he's ready, he's available, he's healthy and he's there. We don't always want to use him, but if we have to, he's available, we can count on him to be there. So, you know, Bellamy might not always give us the results that we're looking for, but at least he's there to try. And that's more, unfortunately, than we can say right now for a Marcus Wheaton and even more so, unfortunately for the poor Kevin White, you know, I really hope this kid bounces back, you know, cause one of two things needs to happen, you know, Kevin White needs to get healthy and come back and show that he's worthy of being in the NFL or he needs to stop because he's, you know, his body is, is taken, you know, the, quite a toll been on his body just in the last three seasons. I mean, it just, you know, he spent more time rehabbing than he has playing football. It's, it's not good for you. So he either needs to to come back with a vengeance next season, or you know, basically just needs to take the money and run. You know, you, it's you you weren't you weren't meant to play this game, or at least not at this level. So uh, he's got some decisions to make, and I think that if he wants to play, the Bears will bring him back and give him a shot. But he'll have to make the roster in the preseason next year. I don't think it's a guarantee like it was this year. So, but uh, like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna get off Josh Bellamy's back because, um, you know, we can depend on the guy to actually be there. And in the last few years where, you know, we've probably had more guys on IR than we had on the active roster. Um, that's, that's, uh, that's kind of a rare thing, unfortunately for us lately. So, I mean, even Kyle Long was un, was inactive for the game on Sunday. Uh, Cody Whitehair was the center, Tom Compton, our swing tackle was playing left guard yesterday. So, um, didn't do anything that um, you know got him uh, got any attention for him, which is a good thing. The less you hear about your offensive lineman, the better. But uh, you know, Kyle Long wasn't out there uh, like we need him to be. So hopefully that uh, will repair itself against the Bucks uh, on Sunday. But um, you know, it sucks that we lost the game on that one busted play. But uh, you know, when when you're playing a game, when you're playing against a team that's supposed to be better than you uh, you basically have to make play mistake free football and the Falcons are good enough that they can win taking advantage of one mistake and that's what happened the Bears basically played a perfect game aside from that one big mistake that ended up being the the difference in the game but um, you know the fact that it didn't completely sink the team when it happened which it most probably would have done last year. You know, just cut the heart right out of you, especially at that point in the football game. uh, I think sends a ton, says a ton about the team, and it makes me optimistic for what could come here in 2017. So um, that is going to do it for my review of the game. What do you say we go ahead and wrap this thing up with everybody's favorite segment? That's right, the first 2017 version of Bear Up, Bear Down. Bear up and bear down for week number one of the 2017 season. We'll, uh, we'll get our bear downs out of the way. First bear down I want to give to Dole Loggins, our offensive coordinator, because of our play calling. Um, you know, I, I give you credit. Uh, I give you uh, high marks for creativity in the way that uh, we use Tariq Cohen. Uh, yesterday we lined him out in the slot. We lined him up wide. We, you know he was in the wildcat. He's you know coming out of the backfield. He's running the football on straight runs. And you know we used the guy a million different ways. He really is going to be the Darren Sproles uh, of this football team, which is fantastic. I mean he he showed flashes of greatness in the preseason and he backed it up big time against what's supposed to be the cream of the crop in the NFC. You know he showed up big time yesterday. So. Um, however, um, that does not excuse what happened with the rest of the offense. Now I know we don't have Cam Meredith. Uh, we don't have Alshon Jeffrey anymore. We don't even have Martellus Bennett or anything like that, but we do have other options. We do have other weapons. Um, you know, we have Dion Sims, we have Shaheen, we have, Um, you know, we have more than just Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen coming out of the backfield. That's not a, that's not a recipe for success. And, um, you know, I think it kind of hurt us, uh, throughout the football game that, you know, basically it wasn't hard to figure out that, uh, the bears were just going to their running backs. They were going short, no matter what, it's, it's not going to be a very big challenging, uh, you know, pass play. We're not challenging the defense, so they have no reason to, fall deep into their drops or anything like that. Cause the bears aren't challenging you more than eight yards from the line of scrimmage uh, or anything like that. So need to mix it up with the passing game uh, with something, you know, you got to creative with how you use Tariq Cohen and then you've got it in you to be creative on how we can, um, you know, take advantage of the passing game one way or the other. So uh, that's our first bear down. The second one goes to Bobby Massey. Um, picked a hell of a time to get beat off the ball, man. I mean, like I said, I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt as far as maybe the guy jumped the count. Cause I'd seen him do it at least once before, uh, prior in, in the game. But, uh, you got to sell out or something, dude, it's fourth down, you know, fourth down. I mean, even if you, even if you, you know, get busted for clipping the guy or something, you, you can't let him sack the quarterback like that. Cause, uh, you know, you can get away with, you know, falling on the back of his legs or, you know, whatever. You know, <laughs> it's, but you you can't just let him beat you off the ball like that. So, bear down to Bobby Massey there. I picked a hell of a time to blow, uh, to blow it, and then finally the the last bear down, the secondary, on the Hooper touchdown. What the hell happened? You know, they show the 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 wide version, uh, or the wide shot of the field and. You know, you can't really tell whose assignment he should have been. You know, should it have been a linebacker? Maybe Jarrell Freeman or Trevathan should have been following him uh, out there. Or maybe it was Eddie Jackson. I mean, it looked like one of our safeties bit on a crossing route. Like they were coming down to go after maybe Julio Jones or somebody on a short route. And But Hooper, as soon as he gets through the second level, he is basically standing in the middle of the field in one spot, waving his arms around for Matt Ryan to throw him the football. And then he is so open that he can sit and wait for the ball to get there before he catches it and then take off running. Um, you know, that's how Quentin Demps was able to catch him from behind, uh, you know, bef- you know before failing to catch him, or as far as before failing to tackle him, uh, I should say. But it's like, dude, who screwed up there? it's not as it's when you look at it, it's not obvious, you know, because Quentin Demps, I guess was, was helping out for, with from the, from the left side of the Falcon formation, the wide receiver that was coming that way. um, Or maybe it was Jones or Sanu that was on the, on that left side of the, of the formation. He was, you know, giving help on that side and, and Hooper was just, you know, like roaming in the middle of the field, just wide open uh on the play. So it's not obvious as to who it was, like it was with, uh, Chris Conte against the Packers in 2013, scumbag. But, um, you know, Chris Conte, I, I think he's still on Tampa Bay, and if he is, I hope I hope Tariq Cohen uh, causes you to dislocate your ankles when he, you know, jukes you out of your shoes. Dick. Anyway, uh, enough of that guy. Um, let's switch over to the Bear Ups. That's way more fun. Uh, bear up to our run defense. Oh, my God, 64 yards allowed to the quote-unquote best running back duo in the NFL on Sunday, extremely impressive showing uh, from our run defense. And that was going to be a big challenge. And I think a big reason why the Falcons struggled on offense because they didn't have that run game uh, to mix things up with, you know, they weren't really able to use their play action uh, yesterday uh, because of that. And that uh, gave our defense a, you know, a, a pin back your ears mentality when it came to the passing game, but we weren't able to get to Ryan as much as we needed to um bear up to fourth quarter mike glennon uh i don't know how many yards he piled up in the fourth quarter but i i read earlier today that it was the most in the league yesterday you know the most passing yards in the fourth quarter by anyone uh was mike glennon yesterday in that fourth quarter against the falcons he was uh he was damn near perfect um in that fourth quarter and um you know like i said that throw to bellamy was uh, was the perfect throw he threw it right where he needed to uh it was bellamy that uh if he hadn't engaged with the db he'd have been where he needed to be in order to catch that ball i i believe that wholeheartedly um bear up to deon sims his block there was a play um yesterday where deon sims blocked three people on one play like he started with the guy that he was lined up against pushed him aside crashed in another one to kind of open the hole up a little bit more and then kind of led the charge in front of, I think it was Jordan Howard uh, that was running to the left side and then bashes into a third guy that allowed uh, Howard or whoever's right. I was either Howard or Cohen that had the football that was able to get it out in like another five or six yards just off that one block where Deion Sims blocked half of the defense by himself. And, the two passes that Deion Sims did catch yesterday for 31 yards were big plays that got us first downs yesterday. So I know that we didn't sign the guy to be a pass-catching threat, but I think he proved yesterday that he needs to be an option uh, in the passing game going forward. Because not only did he catch the ball, he got some yaks you know, yards after catch uh, as well. So I mean, I think that the, the you know the big bruiser blocking tight end if you get him out into some open space kind of like austin hooper yesterday for the falcons you know that other pass play that he made um you know one was for 88 yards and the touchdown the other one was 40 in both of those passes he's breaking tackles and bare defenders are bouncing off the guy you know he was like a tank just rolling through uh, the secondary like that, I think Deion Sims kind of ran like that. I just, I don't think he has Austin Ho- Hooper's speed though, but uh, nonetheless, he can get us some yards after the catch and, and, you know, make some of those touch tough catches and, you know, wrap his arms around the football, lower his head and get some extra yards. I, I think Deion Sims could be, um, you know, not a major threat, but definitely a tool to be used uh, in the passing game. Um, bear up to Akeem Hicks. Like I said earlier, Got paid, still balling. Two sacks from the big guy, two, three tackles uh, for loss, and he was just an, an, you know, a nightmares presence uh, for the Bears uh, yesterday. And then bear up to our running backs. Bear up to Jordan Howard. Uh, he has to share the ball now, but he did well uh, with his chances. That, uh, that uh, what you call it, uh, wildcat touchdown run. Uh, yesterday, vintage Jordan Howard getting to the outside and, and, you know, running over defender to get inside. And then Tariq Cohen, the star of the football game, uh, need I say more? I know it was over 100 yards uh, total offense from him yesterday, uh, 60 or 70-something yards, uh, rushing maybe more. And I know he caught eight passes for, you know, for a chunk of yards there yesterday and a touchdown uh, as well. So player of the game for Tariq Cohen Uh, Yesterday, hopefully we're with a lot more where that came from uh, for for Tariq Cohen and for our beloved uh, Chicago Bears. So there you have it. Bear up, bear down the first one in 2017. Hopefully we'll be heavy on bear ups for the remainder uh, of this uh, 2017 campaign. Um, You know, hopefully we'll see a lot more efforts like the one we saw yesterday where we are engaged and excited and watching the game until the very end and hopefully more positive outcomes for our Bears as we go through uh, this season. So, like I said, that's going to do it for the week one review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Come back on Thursday. Now, I'm not 100% sure what we've got on tap for Thursday. I mean, I have a commitment uh, from, uh, from Brent Allen and Ren Dax from the Pewtercast uh, for the Buccaneers, but uh, as you know, those guys live in Florida, and Florida is up to its eyeballs in Hurricane Irma right now. So um, I, I reached out to them again today to see if they were still in for Wednesday, and I have yet to get a response back. So I don't know if we're going to have a guest for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday. Hopefully, they you know these guys are safe, and uh, you know maybe they evacuate and they're out of harm's way, and that's why they'll be able to do the show. Uh, on Wednesday. Uh, I'm talking to them Wednesday and then the show will be on Thursday. So I don't know. maybe it'll just be me previewing the bucks on my own. Um, or maybe we'll try to wrangle somebody else to, to help us out with that um, uh, in the meantime. But um, you know, planning on having the pewter cast guys on the show and hopefully they're safe and sound and can uh, join us uh, this week. If not, uh, we'll figure it out. So come back on Thursday. To figure out what the fate of the show is. Until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been Chicago Bears Review. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.
0: And listeners of this show will get a seventy-five dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com/match. Just go to indeed.com/match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com/match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader.